fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Apparently, um, there's a jumbled process for replacing a governor who just stepped down in Puerto Rico. Uh, nobody understands this system. There's just no way to tell what happens from here on. No, no. no. They, I think they just pick randomly <laughs> straws, I guess, from the <laughs> citizens. And This is a good very, system. Because remember, they had all these protests in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And, you know, he was, the governor got pressured. He decided he's going to step down. And the day he's going to step down is today, I think, at 5 p.m. Okay. So who's going to replace him? You'd think by like now. Like a lieutenant governor. <laughs> right, right. There you go, right? Mm. You'd think by now you'd have an answer to that. Right, like this would yeah. be a time in which you'd think you'd have identified yes, hopefully. who is going to be the next governor. And they have not yet. They have not. They don't know who it is. <laughs> it's 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 kind of interesting. Weird. Yeah, it's it's weird because it's just been one of these situations that they do have a system to replace the governor if he were to step down. Mm-hmm. But it's very it, because of the way it's happened has been convoluted. Long story to put it put it in American president terms so we can kind of just all understand because I have no idea who any of the people are in, in the actual intrigue here. Um, but let's just say Donald Trump got into a scandal and he he decided he got all these protests and decided he was going to step down. So Donald Trump's going to step down. Who's the president? Mike Pence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Mike Pence was also wrapped up in the scandal and has already stepped down. Oh. So that's just an empty slot. Okay. So the next person would go to Pelosi, right? Mm-hmm. The Speaker of the House. Yep. So in theory, she would be in line to be president. Now, of course, Trump would know this. So at the last minute, he's named a replacement essentially for his vice president. Uh, and and he, in this vice, you know, whoever the vice president equivalent would be, would step in to the presidency. Mm-hmm. The issue is in their system, you have to confirm what is essentially the vice president. So there's going to be, I guess, a vote today. Oh, wow. To figure out whether they confirm this person. If they wow. confirm him, he'll become governor. If not, the other person mm-hmm. will become. So it'll be like Pence or Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Imagine being in, oh, I mean, you know, man. a place where like, all right, is it going to, at the end of the day, it's either going to be, you know, let's say he named Tom Cotton to be, uh, you know, his replacement VP. And it's like some hard, you know, hardcore Trump supporter or Nancy Pelosi. <clears throat> One of the two. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, All, a, that's not a good system. Also, they just elected a new prime minister in Britain. And right. we've talked Boris about Johnson, this, too. Yeah. There's just, it's an inconceivable system. Like, <laughs> don't understand the parliamentary thing. It doesn't make any sense. Nobody understands it. Mm-hmm. There's just no way to tell. what's. It's like the metric system. There's just no way to tell what's going on. Nobody knows. You know, Pat, that there is a way to tell There's no the metric system. There's no okay. way to tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, is 50 kilometers five inches or is it eight million miles nobody knows there's no, no way I, to tell there is no way Stu. there are a lot of people who know <laughs> they think they do okay. they're wrong okay they're just wrong and that's why we have the great system we do here but uh boris johnson has now suffered his first big defeat as prime minister after losing the brecon and radnashire by election oh how many times have we talked about that uh, if you lose the oh, brecon yeah. and radnashire you can't lose that one you can't, that's the yeah. one you can't lose so now it cut his working house of commons majority to just one so if you lose mm. that majority do you lose the office as well I nobody th- knows no one knows no one knows there's for no sure. way to tell i think there's another election <laughs> i think he just had one which was won by boris johnson and if he loses his majority are they going to have another one? I think they would go to whatever party takes control, right? And then that what if it's tied? party, I don't know. 
No one knows. Pat. No, but no, no one could ever know. <laughs> it is yeah. fascinating. I feel like so weird. There's this thing that goes on around the world, which is like the United States of America starts this experiment mm-hmm. in in you know in you know self rule. Man can rule themselves, mm-hmm. and we invent this whole. I mean, we further it, but invent essentially a, a real system where the free market and capitalism and constitutional demo- uh, constitutional republic with elements of democracy involved and we build this great system mm-hmm. and everyone sits back and was like whoa like this is fantastic like look at how great they're doing we should take what they're doing and really screw it up and that'll work for us and they've done it over and over, over and over all again all over the world like there's so many places that yeah. replicate like britain's system i know it's like now britain look is a is, you know we like them they're you know the close ally we are closest mm-hmm. but you know we've done a little bit be- like we've just done a little better yeah. yeah well, you know, no no offense to any Brits out there. In like, a much shorter time. In a much shorter time. The same thing with you know, all across the world. Like people are like, Yeah, you know, we could just replicate essentially their constitution. I mean, it's out there. They've released it. It's it's not like it's not like the you know, the, the twenty four herbs and spices. It's like we're telling you what it is. It's not the secret sauce. There's only eleven herbs and spices. Oh, I don't know what's why 24? you're trying to complicate the KFC spice thing. It's only eleven. There's only eleven. Oh, yeah. it's nothing. Yeah. I thought what's twenty four? Is it twenty twenty four flavors? Uh, what am I thinking of Baskin Robbins? Baskin Robbins thirty one. Thirty one. What am I talking flavors. about? Okay. Well, there's twenty four of something that is protected on knowledge, <laughs> and that was what that reference was supposed to be. Okay. The point yeah. is that we are telling you exactly, we're giving you the blueprint. Mm-hmm. Here's how to make a country that's going to be pretty successful. Literally, has anyone? I, I don't think there's been anyone who has just directly replicated what we have here. I know, like even I can't think of anybody. Even uh, Did Li- Liberia. Liberia. Do it? I was going to say they, the, the capital of Liberia is Monrovia. It's named after James Monroe, right. and even they can't think of just just copy it. We yeah. literally take a copying machine to it. You right. can just press print, <laughs> take the thing out, cross out United States, put in Liberia. Mm-hmm. Like that is the way you should go. And no one will do it. No. It is now look, you look at our system and it's, at times it feels a tad dysfunctional. But are we Are we doing an election, election every, every three, three weeks? weeks? No. No. <laughs> no, we're not. At least generally speaking, when people go into office, they stay in office until either they want to go or mm-hmm. there's a new election. Every once in a very long while you get a you know, Rod Bogloyevich or whatever who gets thrown out of office, but it's pretty darn rare. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as much as a lot of the Democrats want to throw Trump out of office, guess what? You can do it in November of next year. <laughs> okay, that's basically what's happening here. And everyone else yep. is like, oh, I don't know, but what if, what if we? I don't know. Let's. What if we roll dice to see who the next president is? What if everything depends on Brecken and Radnorshire? <laughs> that's what I've always thought. <laughs> Brecken. And- <laughs> this is the Glenn Beck program. Warning: If you're buried in debt, you can't afford. Do not let the credit card companies make you think you have to pay it all back. Because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Answers at 800-970-9159. If you're struggling to pay off your debt, Do not let the credit card companies make you think you have to. Call Credit Answers now for free information on how to get out of debt faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We offer a guarantee with no upfront fees, so there's no risk. 
For free information, visit creditanswers.com or call 800-970-9159. That's 800-970-9159. Pat and Stu uh, for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program, 888-727-BECK. Now, apparently... Um, we have found a glitch mm-hmm. in our system, haven't we? A real violation. Just Pat. this week, a real violation, uh, and it's uh, it's got to be corrected. There are constitutional standards we must adhere to, and you cannot violate those. Mm-hmm. There are certain laws. There are certain things that, that rise to a level that goes beyond politics. Mm-hmm. It goes uh, to a level of... of of just like almost religious violation, heresy. I'm talking about the fact that Democrats are criticizing Barack Obama's presidency. Oh, wow. That's not okay. No, it is not. It is not okay. (laughs) We may have a system that makes a lot of sense, but you do not step in and criticize anything that occurred in the Obama presidency. You don't do that. How dare you? Stay away from Barack. Democrats now seething over the criticism of Obama. Uh, party officials are frustrated that the former president's record was collateral damage in the debate uh, on the uh, attacks on Joe Biden. Joe Biden is fair game. Barack Obama is not. Lots of allies mm. out on record here. Stay away from uh, Barack Obama, uh, a well-known uh, Democratic lobbyist who worked on Kerry's campaign. I don't know why you would attack Barack Obama or his record or any part of him. No parts of him, Pat, can be, especially uh, Michelle Obama's arms. You oh, can definitely can beautiful attack arms. Them. You ever Be- seen her arms? They're beautiful. Beautiful arms. arms. I've never seen incredible, arms like them. Mm-hmm. Incredible arms. She has two of them. Yeah, yeah, Which she does. A, yeah, and exactly two. Not three. Amazing. Not one. They're perfect. It's a perfect amount of arms. Yeah. You don't want too many arms. You don't want too few no. arms. You know, because you too have any arms. Has exactly the right amount. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. If you have eight, you're an octopus that or would a spider. Not be, not be good. No, you don't want that. She's she's Michelle Obama. She has two mm-hmm. arms, and they're perfect arms. And if you say something bad, if this Democratic debate devolves to where Don't they start criticizing oh, her arms, they'd never. They would never do that. They couldn't. It's. It, I hope not. I will not stand for it ah. if they do. Republicans have already seized. This is what the Republicans do, Pat. When mm-hmm. something happens, they seize on it. Mm-hmm. They they jump right on top and they just pile on. Uh, Donald Trump Jr., uh, President's eldest son, of course, tweeted Thursday morning. How nice it was to, quote, see Democrats finally go after Obama's failed policies very aggressively, which is true. I mean, they told us that Obamacare was the greatest thing in the world was going to solve all of our problems. And now it sucks. Now it's terrible. It's a failed health care system. Bernie Sanders in the first debate said there is no one here who can defend the dysfunctionality of this system. This is your system. Wow. You passed it. This mm-hmm. isn't our system. We weren't like, ah, you know what we should do is massively expand government to control health care. That was you. Mm-hmm. You guys. Did you vote for that? Bernie, pretty sure you did. Yes, the answer is yes. He did. Uh, Thursday night, uh, the president um, echoed this theme. The Democrats spent more time attacking Barack Obama than they did attacking me. This morning, that's all the fake news was talking about. I will say this. It is interesting to see because the other candidates feel a, a level of desperation. They saw in the first debate. Kamala Harris pretty successfully go after uh, Joe Biden. He was leading by, he was at about 35, 36% before that. He fell down to about 28 and then bounced back up to 32, 33. So he regained about two thirds of what he lost. And Harris, 
uh, you know, had a nice jump after the debates, but then lost about a third of what she gained. And so I think what the other candidates said to themselves going into this is, look, we can't hold back against Biden. We just got to go for it. Mm-hmm. And any any means necessary. So if it's criticizing Barack Obama because he deported too many people, because you know how tough he was on the border, Pat. Oh. Or yeah. if it's about how Obamacare didn't cover enough people, despite the fact they all praised it and said that it would. I mean, yesterday, Pat, I'm listening to Joe Biden do a press conference. I, 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 the world, it's like I, at some point, you almost wonder if it's worth talking about these things. Because what did we say the entire time Barack Obama was trying to pass Obamacare? We were saying over and over again, this is a hardcore left-wing plan. This is the biggest progressive mm-hmm. ex, uh, you know, uh, expansion of government health care that we've seen since LBJ. This is a, a massive deal. He is changing the fabric of our economy, one-sixth of our economy. This is a huge, huge deal. And what do they say? This is just common sense reform. This basically came from the Heritage Foundation. Mm-hmm. I almost It's almost too conservative for us. <laughs> it's almost a libertarian plan. Mm-hmm. I swear this is common sense measures. Don't worry about it. So now that Obamacare is a huge failure um, and they're going after Obamacare, Joe Biden in a press conference yesterday says there was, no, there was absolutely nothing conservative or moderate about Obamacare. This is one of the most progressive plans we've ever seen. I was one of the most liberal senators in all the Senate the entire time I was there. But Obamacare was an, a massively left-wing push for health care reform. And you know who finally agrees with it? Joe Biden. You know who finally agrees with it? The Democrats. Barack Obama's administration. Now mm-hmm. that it's cool and it helps them to say that it's liberal, it's liberal. Before, when it, it was wasn't. just common sense and moderate... No, they blamed it on Mitt Romney half on Mitt the Romney. time. On Mitt Romney. Romney care. Uh, look at this. It's just what Massachusetts did, and it's working for them. Yeah. And Mitt Romney loved it then. Why didn't he love it now? Yeah. And then Biden yesterday, there was nothing moderate about what we did with Obamacare. It's amazing. It's just... Uh, why it's even... It's really embarrassing is what it listen is. Listen to anything that they say. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Uh, more Tonight than 60 it- seconds. Man, I'm really excited to welcome a brand new sponsor to the show, Tacovis. I know how ridiculous a great pair of boots can cost. Tacovis makes great boots and accessories. They sell their boots directly to the customer, so their boots are half the price of anything that's even similar in quality. They're all handmade with a 200-step process with only the best materials. Their entire line honors the timeless traditional boot styles. No silly stitching or sequins or loud colors or anything else. These are just great boots like my grandfather would have worn. With Tacovis, there's no need to break them in. They arrive already ready to be worn immediately, comfortably. They're easy to order with tremendous customer service. Tacovis always has free shipping and free returns. Check out their boots and their clothing and accessories right now. Tacovis.com slash back. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back. Pat and Stu from Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Did you see MSNBC, Pat? I know you watch it every day. Oh, man. Pat's a huge fan. I can't go a day without, you know, to me, a day without MSNBC is like a day without orange juice or 
whatever. Wait, sunshine. A day without no, sun. A moonlight. Uh, cloud cover. That's what a, a it day is. With, a, day, <laughs> a day without cloud cover. A day without MSNBC is like a day without cloud cover. That's their new yeah. slogan, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I think did it see is. that on the. If on it's the not, it should be. It should be. Uh, so they were a little upset that Democrats went after Barack Obama this week. Listen. It was more like Gulliver's Travels. I mean, there was Vice President Biden tied down after rope after rope for his long political career. I had to defend every element of it going back as. As uh, Michael Bennett said back 50 years on issues like busing, it was very hard for him to play defense. He was 100% better or maybe 200% better than he was in the first debate. He seemed to be aware he was in a debate, which was a start for him. And I thought he was reciting a lot of stuff. In fact, a lot of times when he got to the end of his, his time, it was like he ran out of his recitation. And the weirdest thing to me, which I'm having a hard time with, is is it a smart strategy to attack the Obama administration? I mean, this is a, a Democratic president elected twice. I think he's the only Democrat we've had, you know, with the margins he's had since FDR that did that. Remains wildly popular in the Democratic Party. It was weird for me to watch about 40, almost 40 minutes um, of primarily attacks on the Obama administration's policies. It was odd. It's almost as if the debate forgot who's president. Because the attacks on Donald Trump, I don't, I don't remember his name being mentioned that much. And so it was odd for me for these candidates to debate changes in health care and their different policies on immigration as mm-hmm. if Trump doesn't exist. Yes, they were attacking the Obama administration. Yeah, I mean, they were. Yeah. They spent a lot of time doing that. I, I think I if you're a Democratic candidate for president uh, and you spend, uh, you're, you're not making, I, I think you're not making progress. It is weird. It's a weird approach. And I guess there's, I don't know what you do. Right. If you're one of these opponents, why do you what do you say you're going to do that's going to be better than Biden? If you say the Obama administration was great, it's a tough it's a tough sell. But I mean, Barack Obama's approval rating, he's uh, among Democrats. There's a bunch of polls here. Eighty three to ten approval rating, eighty eight to ten, eighty three, 13, 90 to seven. He's a very popular guy among in this party. in the Democrat, in the party, Democratic yeah. Party. Yeah. yeah, he's not not, a, you know, overall, mm-hmm. he's you know, he's oh, he does. Oh, he does well uh, overall. But not nearly that well, obviously. I mean, you know, you that is a these are really good numbers. He's probably the most popular Democrat in America, with the maybe exception of Michelle Obama, right? His wife. Yeah. I mean, th- that couple yes. is probably the t- they're probably the two most popular people in the entire Democratic Party. Which was mentioned by Fat Lump Michael Moore again. He said it in a, in another interview. <laughs> Is that another his title, interview. Or yeah, is that, that a, is it's his it's his uh, uh, new his name. Is that on his business card? Uh, Michael is now his middle name. Fat Lump is is f- first and second. He's got two middle names. So he's Fat Lump Michael Moore. Fat Lump Michael okay. Moore. Yeah. Um, he said in a that there's only one candidate up to the challenge to beat President Trump. In fact, he thinks he'd crush. She'd crush President Trump. Uh, he says that candidate is Michelle Obama. Everybody mm. watching this right now knows she's beloved. And she would go in there, and oh. she would beat him. I think we have the audio of this. You want to hear this? Yeah. Okay, here. Mm-hmm. Uh, audio of uh, Michael Moore talking about Michelle Obama running for president. Who's the street fighter that can crush Trump? And frankly, I think there's a person that could do this. If the election were held today, there is one person that would crush Trump. And she hasn't announced yet. And her last name rhymes with Obama. No, no, <laughs> In fact, it is Obama. <laughs> Michelle Obama. Everybody watching this right now knows she is a beloved right. American, and she would go in there, and she would beat him. She would beat him in the debates. He wouldn't be able to bully her. He wouldn't be able to nickname her. 
and 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 she is beloved all just go to c-span and follow her book tour across the country she's playing 15,000 seat arenas Mm -hmm. in the midwest they have to turn people away she takes the stage and she's so powerful and so good you just look at that and you think of of course she could win but everyone's Mm -hmm. now saying well of course she's not going to run well has anyone asked her yes i think if she if she were many times look if you watch the book tour, she's asked every this. stop We have at to come it. back to you. Mm-hmm. You have to go back to the White House. Your country needs you. If asked to serve, I believe she would serve. Well, except for... If you were asked to serve, or I were, asked. whatever our skill set is, wouldn't we All do right. that? That's I, an, I can't she, take any more Michael Moore today. Uh, yeah, I mean... I, I think some of what he says is true, though. She's really popular for some reason. I don't understand it, but she is. Yeah, I'm not, not a huge fan myself. I will say, though, it's rare when michael moore agrees wholeheartedly with bill o'reilly that's exactly yeah. what bill said about the election he said if they run a michelle they, obama she's she would win by a, a lot uh, i i think there's I'm a good argument of that yeah there's I'm a good argument to be made there i mean you have to when you've never ru- seen someone run for president there's a big unknown factor of how they actually react in mm-hmm. that sort of pressure situation and she's obviously been in this world for a while but she's never been the focus of it and when she was the focus of it in the first campaign, she did not do well. If you remember, they pulled her off the campaign because she kept saying things like, I'm not proud of my country right. until today. <laughs> so, right. She doesn't exactly love America, seemingly. Hmm. I mean, you know, like you said, she was proud for the first time when her husband was nominated for president. That was her first pride in this country. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Did you know, on average, it takes police 45 minutes to respond to a home security alarm? That's almost an hour. But it's not because the police are lazy or anything like that. It's because when a home security system is triggered, most of the time, it's a false alarm. And the call goes to the bottom of the 911 list. But not if you have Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe can visually confirm that a break-in is happening and they let the police know. Only with Simply Safe. They protect every door, window, and room. There's no contract, hidden fees, or fine print. And the around-the-clock monitoring starts at $15 a month. Simply Safe. They've got a huge deal going on right now. If you just go to simplysafe.com/glen and get a free HD security camera when you order. That's a $100 value. You'll have eyes on your home 24/7. Get your free HD security camera now at simplysafe.com/glen today. That simplysafe.com slash Glenn. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. 888-727-BECK. By the way, you can check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, immediately preceding this on oh, the Blaze Radio and TV network. Would, would you? I, you know, the problem is I missed mm-hmm. it, so I'm not going to be able to see it, hear oh, it today. Oh, well, you know what? You're in luck. You can check out the podcast, listen to the whole thing there. Wow. At your leisure. Thank you. By the way, Pat, uh, this mm-hmm. week I filled in on TV. Yeah, uh, I'd love for you to go back and we went through all the uh, with some Ilan Omar stuff this week, went through all the campaign stuff and the debates, a lot of funny stuff. So check it out uh, if you go to uh, the 5 p.m. show on Blaze TV. Did you do a cake for uh, for Hamzi, uh, Hamza uh, Bin Laden? Bin Laden yesterday? Yeah, well, we, we were reminded that mm-hmm. we did an Al Zarqawi cake okay. back when he died in like 2006. Mm-hmm. And then I realized when... <laughs> Osama bin Laden died. I, uh-huh. I drank beer on the air. <laughs> okay. So this time, so you had a little celebration yes. for Death Day for mm-hmm. for Hamza bin Laden. We did Hamza bin Laden, and we you can go ba- back and watch that as well. A bacon cake. A bacon cake. Yes, because we wanted to honor 
truly honor him. I'll, I'll bet that was tasty. Oh, I mean, I did, I'll bet that. I will was say tasty. it was raw bacon, kind of strewn on the outside <laughs> of it. I did not eat it, but you know, it wasn't uh, for me. It was for him. Yeah, right. And, and he didn't eat it. He didn't eat it either. He, he can't eat, eat anything it. right it's now. It's too late. Yeah, He's, uh, too we've late. lost him. We lost We've him. lost Hamza. <laughs> uh, but uh, we celebrated that one a little bit. Uh, if you go to blazetv.com, use like the promo that. code Glen 20 You can get not only uh, the whole week of shows with me, but also... Are you uh, saying Glenn's... you're happy he's dead? Yes. Yes. Yeah, confirmed. Yes, yes we are. That's confirmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is... Uh, we're very excited <laughs> about it. You know, they, they said, like, they think he died sometime in the last two years. Wow. Do we know of What? <laughs> Again, narrowed down a little bit more than that. Did he die of heat-seeking uh, missile, or did he die of some natural cause? Uh, psoriasis. So, oh, wow. Yeah, the heartbreak of, of, psoriasis. of psoriasis killed him. It broke his heart so hard, <laughs> he passed away. <laughs> so that's really... I hate. I normally part. hate when that happens, but not in this no. case. <laughs> in, this case in this case, at all. Uh, so you can go to blazetv.com, use the promo code GLEN20 and save 20 bucks. They also have uh, the entire... Ilan Omar special from Glenn that's kind of been all over the internet. So if you okay. want to if you want to go see that, uh, it's a good place. Can't to get go. enough of the squad. Oh, I can't get enough of the squad. Yeah, the squad is awesome. fascinating. Yeah, the squad is fascinating because they can say kind of anything and get away with it mm-hmm. because their only approach to life is to tell you how they've been victimized. Mm-hmm. So every story that go- goes on with the squad always comes back to how they're a terrible victim. You know, like it, there was a sign of this from the uh, staffers of Kamala Harris this week mm-hmm. when Kamala Harris and Joe Biden walked to the center stage. Obviously, Harris kind of hammered Biden in the first debate. Biden walks up to him. A, f- a nice moment. He says, ah, go easy on me, kid. What was the reaction from the Kamala Harris staffers? Kid? She's the a senator. How dare you refer to her as an accomplished woman breaking a glass ceiling as a kid? This just constant victimization. She won the battle and is still Asinine. the victim, right? Yeah. This it's just nonsensical. And this is the this is the attitude of the squad all the time. They're always the victim. Someone's always oppressing them. There's always a man there to push them down. Mm-hmm. They can't, despite the fact that. We're talking about a person who was a bartender a year and a half ago and is running the Democratic Party. That person is telling you that they are oppressed. <laughs> the same thing with uh, Kirsten Gillibrand on stage. Oh, gosh. I mean, she's not part of the squad, however. But she says, oh, gosh, you know what? I'm the right person to be no- uh, nominated as the Democratic candidate because I can go to suburban women and explain to them what white privilege is. Have you ever heard of a more demeaning statement? And then she said, uh, you know, I know I'm a a beneficiary of of white privilege, which not in the polls you're not. I don't know (laughs) where. In fact, so far, she's not part of the next debate. No. Because she is not qualified. She's not close to qualifying. No. I think she's been. I think she's been uh, over 2% in one poll. Right, yeah, and but I, she doesn't have 130,000 uh, donations. Donors, and you need both in this yeah. next debate. So 130,000 yeah. individual donors plus you have to hit 2% and I believe it's four polls. Now there's going to be a lot of polls before here and there, but there's only certain ones that qualify. So even if she hit 2% before this previous debate, that wouldn't count. It's going to be something that leading up to this next one. Can she get some additional support? It's possible, but she's a disaster. And the squad, mm-hmm. you know, look, they're, they're very well known, but very unpopular. I mean, Elon Omar has a 9% approval rating. AOC is at like 20. Um, people know them very well. They just don't, don't like, like them. them. Uh, and so, 
uh, AOC was on a a radio show uh, talking about uh, marginalized communities, and I think she look marginalized communities again marginalized. You're some whoever she's talking about is the victim. victim, and there's only one thing that they can do in this victimized situation. Listen, that by marginalizing Palestinians, you create safety. Mm-hmm. I believe that injustice is a threat to the safety of all people because once you have a group that is marginalized and marginalized and marginalized, mm-hmm. then you create a, a population. Like once someone doesn't have access to clean water, mm-hmm. they have no choice but mm-hmm. to riot, mm-hmm. right? Oh, mm. wrong. Uh, no. Remember the riots of Flint, Michigan? Uh, oh, when, yeah. when they didn't have access to clean water, oh. they just went nuts. They just went ape crap and just started burning down that city. It doesn't even exist today no. in Michigan. There used to be, there's just a hole where Flint, Michigan was. And they were pretty pissed sad. about that. Yeah, they Interestingly were. enough, I've heard over and over again for years oh, that man. Flint, Michigan was the, the result of this, I think, a Republican conspiracy to either kill African Americans or at the very least, just because they wanted evil profits or something. What we find out, by the way, on Flint, Michigan, is... Their their system with Detroit was actually working pretty well. They had a long-term lease with water from Detroit. It was working pretty well. The water was cheap. Um, but they decided to change that. Why did they decide to change that? Shovel-ready jobs. You see, they had to build a brand new pipeline for the water. And they were able to use stimulus to come in and say, oh, well, we can not only are we going to get new water supply, but we'll also create a bunch of jobs for people to work on this pipeline. So when they <laughs> implemented that, mm-hmm. it, was a, it was something they didn't need. They implemented it because of the government, because of a Keynesian economic argument of stimulus. They decided to build these things. That's when everything got screwed up. So this is not a, you know, Mm. and Republicans and Democrats agreed, by the way, to do this because Republicans no longer care about arguments on economics. It's not a thing anymore. But Republicans came on and said, yeah, we need new shovel-ready jobs. And Democrats came on and said, yeah, we need new shovel-ready jobs. So they built this pipeline. And wow, did that turn out well. Yeah, well, like the president at the time said. Sho- so. Shovel-ready was not as uh, <laughs> shovel-ready as we expected. <laughs> <laughs> That's <been> funny. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love it when they screw up policy like uh, that. They oh. lie to us right to our faces. Right to our faces. It's so funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So speaking of AOC mm-hmm. and um, – how people have no choice but to uh, but to riot if they don't have access to clean water. That's sure. one of her incredible thoughts of the last year. Yeah. Prospect uh, Magazine mm-hmm. has deemed her one of the world's top 50 no. thinkers. No, 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 no. Of the year. No, they did not. One of the year's. No. Top. Don't say it. 50. No. Thinkers. No. Is that amazing? Top 50 thinkers. thinkers. She doesn't even know the, the requirements I, of her own job. <laughs> um. Um. What's this thing in my sink? When I flip a switch, it growls. I'm scared. Um, like Israel is like, I don't know, like whatever. (laughs) Yeah, she's really thoughtful. She's really brilliant. I mean, look, you can definitely make the argument she's influential. Yes, but, but she's, she's not a thinker. She doesn't know anything. She's but stupid, this woman. The, the only thing of substance that she's actually produced was the FAQ for her Green New Deal, which is she herself oh. has denied. 
she is now uh, she has now thrown to the sidelines and acted as if she somehow mistakenly wrote it. It's like you don't mistakenly write things. That's not how <laughs> writing works. You you can't mistake. Oh, I well, just no, mistakenly just, wrote this novel. When, Oops! Look at this. It's a it's a spy thriller. Oh, I, how did that happen? You, when you write things, it's intentional. Well, she chisel she chisels her thoughts into stone so she oh, can't she, take it back. Okay. Yeah. So she there's no erasing it. I didn't know that. Yeah. Because I mean, this is and remember, you thought she was maybe using a word processor or something. <laughs> no, no, no. Because no. they said, oh, that was uh, that was half baked. We weren't done with that yet. Well, first of all. <laughs> I mean, it showed, right? It was a terrible. Yes, it, it was not only it's ridiculous. not only ridiculous ideas like you know retrofit every every building, every building in, in America. the country. Yep, uh, to put high speed rail to every place that uh, that airplanes fly. Eliminate air flight within ten years. Within ten years, get rid of all automobiles. Um, we're talking about uh, free jobs for everyone who, who has who's willing to work. I think it or was, or even unwilling, or even, it? and then they still get paid. I think yeah. you still get paid if you're unwilling. And this all came out. And how did you know? It wasn't one of these things where every once in a while you get this thing where you know the Blaze uncovers this hidden document. Uh, you know, it was sent to us by a source. They yeah. sent it to NPR. They were proud of this. They sent the FAQ. This is the one that also said yeah. uh, we can't quite solve cow farts yet. They sent this to uh, to NPR to tell them how to cover it, and then tried to deny later on that this was just a draft. Well, where was the final product? You never came out with a final product. They didn't have a final product. This was the final product, and they were just embarrassed at the ridicule they received, and they deserved every bit of it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that was one of the things too. By the way, uh, Andrew Yang said in the debate that no one really pointed out. Uh, Yang pointed out something that we've noted many times. Here, which is the U.S. is only 15 percent of global emissions, 15 percent. Yeah. Okay. They don't like to hear that. They don't like to hear that because if you put it this way, the entire transportation sector of the United States is about 20 percent of our total emissions. Okay. Mm -hmm. All cars, trucks, the entire transportation sector. Okay. If you turned it off, if you had a switch and you were able to just flip it off like a light switch, the entire transportation goes carbon free tomorrow. You would save 3% of global emissions. Three. China is growing at between 1.5% and 2% per year. So you would have, you would wipe out the gains, you know, whatever you, whatever to gain from AOC's, you know, turning off the transportation sector idea, it would be wiped out by China in two years. Unbelievable. And we're talking about something that's impossible. And just yet, turning off the transportation sector. She's one of the sector. world's top 50 thinkers. Right crazy come on now they write the voluminous coverage of 29 year old ocasio cortez who was elected to congress last november is focused on her youth and personality certainly her campaigning skills mastery of social media and up from the bronx story are striking but what's most interesting about her meteoric political career is that her success is based on ideas is it yeah it was her manifesto healthcare for all tuition-free university, and a federal jobs program that set her on her path. Wait a minute. Bernie Sanders proposed all of those things before she was even born, for president and finished second last time. Jeez. But they do admit she's the force behind the Green New Deal, which is embarrassing, mm-hmm. and has put taxes and how much the rich pay back on the American political agenda. It's no, always been on the political nobody agenda. Nobody ever talks about how much the rich pay. Because if people actually knew how much they pay, they'd be flabbergasted. They'd be stunned that they pay 45% or 50% 
or sometimes 55 or depending on what state yeah. you live in, you could pay up to 60% in taxes. I think that would shock a lot of people. Yeah, they went back and they did a poll several years ago as to not just should we raise taxes on the rich, but what is the what's the amount that's okay to charge them? And and people people were like, well, you know, should it be more than 5%, should it be more than 10%, and they go up the whole thing. Yeah. And most people, the majority of people said it shouldn't be more than 25%. It shouldn't, shouldn't be, more. be more. That's wrong to go over 25%. Most people believe, because of the way that people talk about this, that yeah. they pay zero. Right. Right? Because they'll say like, well, Amazon paid zero in taxes. And so people are just like, oh, well, you know. That's what pe- the rich pay. That's what the rich pay. They're all getting yeah. away with it. They're not paying anything. And that's, of course, not true at all. And now you get people like Bernie talking maybe 70%. Yeah. And AOC said that as well. Unbelievable. 888-727-BECK. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Uh, here's yet another indication about how indoctrinated American students are in colleges all over the country. The college poll surveyed 27,000 college students and 30% of them said that China is the most powerful nation on earth, not the United States of America. Hmm. I mean, there's just the, you know, it's socialism is better than capitalism. China is more powerful and better than the United States. It's just the continual, indoctrination it seems of higher education it's it's really tough this is a hard battle that it seems like we're losing right now how many of your kids went to college all of them most of them uh, i mean i know you have a lot to remember right here. now and uh yeah i'm trying to think <laughs> 71 of them so <laughs> yeah uh um, what percentage of uh, can you give me a roundabout percentage of how many? Do you know how many I'm kids? I'm going to say you 38% of them graduated oh, okay, from good. college. Yeah, 38%. <laughs> because I, I, you know, I, I have younger kids. There's uh, six and seven. Mm-hmm. And I, as of this moment, I'm like, hell no. I'm no. certainly not paying for it. Right. Uh, but I don't even right. want them to go. I know. I, I, I would I much know. rather go a different direction. I mean, I, I. Because I'll tell you, it's hard to find a conservative college. Yeah. It, you can or go even, to a college where you think it's conservative and then. They're going to get hit by some liberal professor. Yeah, there. I feel like if you go to the hardest right wing school you can find, you're going to get neutral. You know, if you're lucky. Uh, yes, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, I, I'd yes. much rather invest in their early education than invest in in mm-hmm. college at this point. Because a lot of a lot of the stuff too, you're you're learning in college is obsolete so fast. I'd rather invest in a better primary education, get, yeah. the, get the foundations the way you want them, and then, you know what, they're going to have to figure out the rest of their life. Good luck, kid. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I'll give you the basis. You go out there afterwards, what you do with it is yours. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Spending $100,000 to send them to be indoctrinated into socialism? Doesn't no, make any you. sense. Oh, thank you. The Fusion of Entertainment and Enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Get this. Women in Saudi Arabia will no longer need the permission of a male guardian to travel. What? That country is going to hell in a handbasket. Wow. (laughs) They are going to... Oh, my god! They can leave their house and drive around, say, Riyadh without a man? You drive around? They can drive. Yes, I believe so. This is horrible. A few other changes that they're making (laughs) right now. I mean, next they'll be telling us they can vote. Oh, my God. No. And then you might as well just forget it. Then you just just turn the country off. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They're also thinking about allowing them to apply for passports. No. Register a marriage 
divorce, or childbirth and be issued a f- official family documents. <gasps> oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Official family documents? <laughs> yeah. Not, not rip-off no. replicas? No, actually mm. official documents issued by the kingdom. Mm. It's interesting <laughs> that this is happening. And uh, look, first of all, it actually is really positive. It's, it's, yeah. it's ridiculously backward. There as have been some reforms they, lately. Yeah, they, they've moved. It's interesting. The guy who's like capturing his relatives and, and holding them hostage inside the Four Seasons is is a guy who's pushing for a lot of these reforms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's gone. What, what seems completely ridiculous to, to us that they would still have these restrictions on women. It is positive. You know, progress is positive on that front, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's easy to mock and I will mock it. But it's also positive, I guess, in some roundabout sort of way. Because there's still so much negative there, it's hard to get excited about it. But I find this interesting. I was actually watching Handmaid's Tale last night. Have you watched this? It's I've a never pro- seen it. A little no. dark for, for. Is it HBO? Is that what it is? It is or? Hulu, I believe. Hulu. Okay. And my wife loves the show. Like she's totally into it. Every Wednesday, I think the episodes comes come out, and she's like, I don't, you know, she just disappears for an hour because she has to watch it on the night it comes out. She's that into it, mm-hmm. and it's a really well done show. I mean you could tell they spent a lot of money on it and it's a great it's a it's a fascinating premise i would love to see the show uh made in which they kind of exp- like a prequel series would be really fascinating basically the concept is like the at some point and i'm going to butcher this if you're a fan i'm sorry i don't really watch the show but at some point there was a a civil war of sorts mm-hmm. in that and somehow like a group of religious fanatics basically took the country over uh, now, America, I think, still exists, but it's like only in Alaska. And the the place, most of what you would think of as America is a place called Gilead. Okay, so it's a it's a and it's like a super religious fundamentalist place where like the guys have all the rights. They the women are all basically slaves. There's something to do with like because we're on the verge of that oh, right now. Well, Am I right? Oh, my gosh. We are just a- on the verge. Men. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's basically Mike Pence's fever dream. Uh, this is <laughs> yes. what he wants to happen. <laughs> and, and and that's kind of why. Well, he won't have dinner with a woman other than his wife. Which is the same thing. Uh, same thing. Same thing. Same thing. And it, there's something to do with like an infertility problem in the country. Mm. So I don't know what caused that. I don't know if it's clear in the actual series. But basically, there's this sort of uh, any fertile woman is going to have a lot of issues uh, because she's basically going to uh, be raped over and over and over and over again by basically every every oh. commander or whatever that wants to. It's a, it, I will Awful. say it's really hard for me to watch it at all because it's like... It's pretty ugly. It's basically like, think of every awful thing that could possibly be done to a woman. Here's a series about it. Mm-hmm. That's essentially the entire thing. So I don't know... Wh- it's hard to watch, but it's it's really well done, and, and you know you can understand why it's popular. Mm-hmm. But the real reason why it's so popular and such a media darling is exactly what we were just talking about. It's like it's a left wing uh, fantasy of what they think Donald Trump would do if he had complete control, right? It's like basically yeah. a statement against poli- women have no rights right now. Me too, and and all of these other things combined to we're essentially Gilead. We're essentially this this oppressed society where what where donald trump stays in power this is happening at the end it's kind of how i think the left looks at it which is fascinating though the the uh the and he's so fundamentally religious 
Oh, it's uh, there's so no deep. one more <laughs> so fundamentally deep. religious than Donald Trump. Oh my gosh, so, it goes back yeah, so <laughs> far. I, look, he's been good on a lot of those issues, but I would not say it's to his core. <laughs> no. Uh, but anyway, so he has a. Uh, there's an episode last night where this commander guy they're driving somewhere. I don't know. I don't know the whole story. But and I'm minor minor spo- spoiler alert if you're watching the series. But they're, they're driving down this road. Now and, I know somebody's driving. Great, thanks. Crap. Thanks for I that. Let, I, sh- I yeah, should have said spoiler alert first. <laughs> so they're driving down this road, and at one point, there's this big moment where, like, you know, the music builds, and uh, this big moment where the commander says to his wife, "Do you want to drive?" And she looks at him like, "What? <laughs> drive me? I'm a woman!" And they pull over and they switch seats and they put the top down and they're just driving down this road and it's kind of like the old days. She's like remembering her freedoms of the old days and stuff, and it's like. The left looks at this and says, this is what Donald Trump wants. Mm-hmm. And they don't look at it and say, this is what half the world is. Yeah. Right now, half the world is coming up with, you know what? Maybe we should let women drive. Maybe some of them should vote. Maybe we should see more than just their eyes. Yeah. Because a big part of the Handmaid's Tale is they're all dressed up in these fundamentalist ways. They're all very much covered up. You can only see their faces. It's like, you guys realize that the people you're constantly defending, you're mm-hmm. saying that we should not say their culture is worse than ours. That is happening in those places right now. Yeah. And we were just talking about the reforms in Saudi Arabia. Yet still, uh, the rules are in place where uh, they require male consent for a woman to leave prison. Male consent for a woman to es- exit domestic abuse shelters. Oh my Can you God. imagine that? So your husband has to come and let you out of a domestic abuse shelter? That doesn't seem like a good idea to me. <laughs> that does seem like a problematic strategy. They can't marry without male consent, and women, unlike men, still can't pass on citizenship to their children. I will say in most marriages, male consent is also used here. <laughs> it's a weird it's one. What do you mean? Yeah. Male- I guess, unless it's two women marrying each other, male consent's always part of that package, isn't it? <laughs> This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is an advertisement paid non-attorney spokesperson, Ricky LeBlanc, admitted in Massachusetts only. Sokolov Law, LLC, Chestnut Hill, Mass., Paul J. Morgan, Winter Park, Florida. Greg Hobby, New Jersey, Michael Bro Gonzalez, admitted Louisiana. While this firm maintains joint responsibility, most cases of this type are referred to other attorneys for principal responsibility. Mesothelioma. If you know what mesothelioma is, you or someone you love has likely been affected by this devastating cancer. You may be entitled to compensation. Call Sokolov Law today. 1-800-513-1816. The only known cause of mesothelioma is asbestos exposure. Thousands of U.S. veterans and trade workers are at risk for the disease. Nearly $30 billion in court-ordered trust has been set aside to pay money to asbestos victims. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, call now. You may be able to receive compensation without ever going to court or filing a lawsuit. Call for a free legal consultation at 1-800-513-1816. That's 1-800-513-1816. 1-800-513-1816. It's Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. 727 B-E-C-K. Uh, wow. Do these things ever fade away, Pat? Is there ever a moment in which these crazy warnings and fears are ever... Is there a moment where they later on go back and say, wow, we shouldn't have been... That was pretty ridiculous. No, they never do that. They never do that. Like we, never do I mean, that. really, before uh, Trump and Pence went into the White House, there was a legitimate 
outward fear that Mike Pence was going to start imprisoning homosexuals. <laughs> I, don't, right? like, I don't know where that came from because he didn't. He wasn't really outspoken about it, to my knowledge, no, at I mean, all. I mean, you know, he had a, you know, might have had a couple comments in like the '90s when he was in Congress well, he, that they didn't like. I think he was pro traditional marriage. He was he was for yeah. marriage between a man and a woman. And I guess because Trump, obviously not known as the most religious guy, they had to find a religious boogeyman, right? And so they yeah. picked Pence, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, he's going to spend all of his time, you know, driving around cities, just picking up gay people and put them in the back of a, of a van and then bringing them to prison. Yeah. Are there gay people left in our society? I'm not sure. I, I feel no, they're like all in prison right now. They are all in prison. Yeah, that, so that one was prison. true. Yeah, okay. That well, that's a true. bad example, then. That Pence, man, he just, <laughs> first of all, he wouldn't have dinner with women that weren't his wife. Oh, my god. Then gosh. he decided to jail all the gays. Oh. Oh my gosh you can't, is... you can't trust that guy <laughs> well, I, the other one was i was thinking of was remember when they warned us that cory booker was going to ban birth control yeah and they ran this yeah. cory booker you know a moderate republican senator from colorado he's no hardcore conservative at no point did he <laughs> ever consider trying to ban birth control and they ran tons of ads against him mm-hmm. saying that when he got in there that's what he's going to do Right. That was what his outcome was. He was going to go in there and try to ban birth control. That's right, Sweet Pea. Cory Booker, Booker wants to ban, ban. birth control. No, it was, in that one, it was, that's right, Sweet Pea, Cory Booker banned birth control. There's no condoms anywhere in America. Right. And that's, you know, it's essentially the same thing as High Handmaid's Tale, right? Like they... Oh, Cory Gardner. Yeah, not Booker. What did I say, Booker? Did, did I say, we Booker? say Booker? I thought I said Gardner initially, you but maybe have. we changed it. Yeah, yeah Cory Gardner banned Corey birth control. Cory Gardner banned birth Well, he did this. They're all out. Did you try the corner market? Of course. Grocery store? Sold out. Drugstore? Come on. Stupid. So everyone sold out of condoms. Hmm. How did this happen? Cory Gardner banned birth control. And now it's all on us guys. Wow. And you can't find a condom Wait, anywhere. Can't find a condom. And the pill was just the start. Yeah. The Pell Grants my little brother was counting on for college. Gone. Corey cut them. <laughs> Climate change that everyone knows is weirding our weather. Weirding it. Corey flat out denies it. Sweet Pea, Corey Sweet denies science. Come on. This guy has Come no on. idea what's going on in the real world. <laughs> I love that ad. Such a great ad. It's so, first of all, okay, if he's banned birth control, why are you going to all these stores? <laughs> right. I guess, well, so he's banned the pill and, and condoms are theoretically available, but, but the, there's but be, not there's enough There's been a run on them, and so... Yeah, they're, they're completely out of stock. Because now it's all on us guys. <laughs> uh, I love that. We shouldn't have to even think about it. Us guys, should, we shouldn't have to deal with it. I love how dismissive he is of her when she asks about the drugs. Come on, you Come on, moron. you moron. Idiot. Like, why would of course I, I why checked would there. I check, why would I check the gas station and the grocery store and not the drugstore, you loser? Now, you know what? Now I don't even want to have sex. Now I don't even want to have sex with you. Because you're so stupid <laughs> that I can't, I can't bring myself to be. I can't interested. even look at you. Yeah, I can't, I can't even I, look I just at you. not into it anymore. You're no. so dumb. Why would you think I wouldn't look at the drugstore, <laughs> idiot? Sweet. Pea? So essentially, right now, Corey Gardner has banned sex. Yeah, you just can't have yes, it. Yes, right you can't now. have it. Yeah, you can't just have can't it. have it. So you can't have it because I mean, God, God forbid. You know, you know, and it's like this idea. So nobody comes back as you know, like your first point. Did they ever come back and say, hey, we panicked when we shouldn't have? Did yeah. they ever say that about Cory Gardner? No, yeah. Who is not banned birth control, by it's the way. Not, and has made no moves to it, has introduced no bills that would do it. Yeah. Like, none of it. How about, uh, I remember before George W. Bush, when he was going for re-election, Cameron Diaz, remember her? She, uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the actress. actress. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while, so mm-hmm. I just want to make sure people were familiar. Mm-hmm. But she said 
that a vote for George Bush was a vote, vote to rape. legalize rape. Literally, I mean, <laughs> seriously said that. Surprisingly, you, it's still illegal. Is it illegal still? Yeah. It, is. Yeah, it is. Okay, that's good. Yeah, shocking. That's good. I'm glad it's illegal. It's not a good right. policy. You should. That's Gilead's policy, legalized rape. Yeah. We did not do that. We didn't do it. George W. Bush, because he was such a rape. hardcore conservative that was just always oh, yeah. pushing for those conservative policies. Another fundamentalist, man. Oh, my gosh. You and just... That, no, didn't didn't do that. There's never a reckoning, right? There's no. never a point where you look back and you say, wow, you know what? None of that crap happened. Well, how many predictions have been wrong about global warming? Every oh. one of them? And there's never a All moment. of them? Never. There's never a reckoning for that? No. I remember uh, there was a book I read. I think it was, I want to say it was Nate Silver's book a few years ago, and he wrote in there. He has a chapter on global warming, and he's no conservative. Uh, but he was writing about this and saying, like, look, you know, it's all about prediction models and 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 how to make predictions. That's what the book is. It's called The Signal and the Noise. Mm-hmm. It's really it's a great book. And so at one point he's talking about global warming, and he's like, you know, I think normally what you would do, and he shows all the models and shows how typically these models have over. Uh, emphasize the potential for too much warming like they've they've predicted incorrectly how much warming there was there was less warming in reality than there was in the prediction models and over time when that happens over and over again you would adjust your expectations like that's how you make an informed prediction you adjust your expectations if you Mm -hmm. see these models are always too warm you need to think about where it's going to go and he got beat up a guy on the left Got beat up because just saying Jeez. the idea that these, just admitting the actual facts that the models were overheated wow. was too much for anyone to take and to think that maybe we should readjust our, our our beliefs and how we, you know, think about this. And he wasn't saying, I don't think global warming is real or anything like that. Bjorn Lomborg is another guy, a guy who's who said over and over again, he believes in global warming, <laughs> says it's human caused. Mm-hmm. And says, but the way we want to spend money on it and our priorities need to be thought of in a much more methodical fashion. The guy is called a climate denier. Amazing. It's insane. It sweet really is. Pete, that's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Thanks, sweet Pete. Man, I'm really excited to welcome a brand new sponsor to the show, Tacovis. I know how ridiculous a great pair of boots can cost. Tacovis makes great boots and accessories. They sell their boots directly to the customer, so their boots are half the price of anything that's even similar in quality. They're all handmade with a 200-step process with only the best materials. Their entire line honors the timeless traditional boot styles. No silly stitching or sequins or loud colors or anything else. These are just great boots like my grandfather would have worn. With Tacovis, there's no need to break them in. They arrive already ready to be worn immediately, comfortably. They're easy to order with tremendous customer service. Tacovis always has free shipping and free returns. Check out their boots and their clothing and accessories right now. Tacovis.com slash back. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com slash back. Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Um so can we look forward to any kind of corrections on any of the hysteria that we've heard in the last few years? Will it ever happen? I don't think it does, because there really was a lot of hysteria. We forget it from the Bush administration. You know, because mm-hmm. Trump is 
so much more of a, a a large figure in just the public eye. He's so much more involved in the lives, I think, of the everyday person. When, when it was when it was Bush, it was more like the political people and people who followed the news. There was a lot of craziness there yeah. it's in Hollywood and stuff like that. With Trump, it's everybody. I think everybody mm-hmm. is hearing all of these stories every day. So it gets more and more crazy. Um, and to me, Bush kind of set the stage for Trump in that he responded to almost nothing. Almost he, nothing. He didn't yeah. respond ever. No. Just, just left it. He let it lay. Yep. He didn't And wanna... then it festered and got worse. Yeah, I think that's true. That's a, that's a good point. I think, you know, there was, a, there was an interesting conversation I heard uh, recently about the Tea Party and where it's gone. I think I want to say it was with Tim Alberta, Ooh. who wrote a, a great book. Uh, Has it gone to the grave? It's called uh, Seems like the tea American Carnage. Dead. Well, first of all, yes. Uh, the, the Tea Party is absolutely dead. Uh, you know, it's just you know the, the things that, that inspired the Tea Party. Things like, hey, we need to cut the budget. Hey, we need to have fiscal responsibility. <laughs> These things are not oh, even considered not even, anymore by, no. by the Democrats or the Republicans. You're and a to, lunatic yeah. if you're a Republican even and, and you bring it up. And to Trump's credit, he ran on that. Like he ran on, I'm not cutting Medicare. I'm not cutting Social Security. I won't adjust it. Well, he it. said he liked debt. He, I'm the king of debt. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. that, it was very, he was very overt about it and, mm-hmm. you know, and open. So, and he's done that. And he's done that. So, I mean, I, it's hard to criticize him, though the conservatives in Congress could still vote for different things and they don't. They vote for these giant spending progr- mm-hmm. uh, programs. We had one yesterday um, that was finally uh, passed and it's, it is a embarrassment to our nation. The, the spending package that was just passed is utterly embarrassing. We are projected to go $80 trillion in debt in the next 30 years, in addition to the 22 we already have. $80 trillion. Hmm. Just Social Security and Medicare is actually $103 trillion of debt. But the, the rest of the budget supposedly, and if you believe this, you'll believe anything, is supposed to be $23 trillion in surplus. So we are in massive problems here. And, you know, they don't care. Nobody cares. It really is like there's almost no interest in the How idea. How did they come up with $23 trillion in surplus? I'd How to, is that going to happen? It's a CBO report. But you wow. know, $23 trillion outside of those programs. So overall, $80 trillion to the negative. But yeah. yeah so, so that just shows you. But that's like we'll be running a budget surplus? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> outside of those two programs. That's yes. what they say. Yes. You know that's not going to happen. Yeah, it never happens. That is not going to happen. So there's an interesting sort of competing analysis. I'd like to get your thoughts on this, Pat. One, the Tea Party was never about those things. It was about, look, you know, it's the closest. You're, you're, you're in your, uh, your bedroom in the middle of the night. Someone breaks through your door. You grab for the closest weapon. It's a, is it a lamp? Is it a bat? Whatever you can do to hit this guy, right? Is it a gun? Whatever you have. And so the, the closest thing to, to opposition to something they did not want, which was Barack Obama, people just grabbed for the budget. They grabbed for constitutional values. They grabbed for whatever was the most useful thing against Obama at that time. But it was never mm-hmm. a real belief of the core voter. Yeah. Is it that or is it it really was a core belief, but the people who were really supportive of the Tea Party said, we tried so hard. We did all of these things and we still got nowhere. So why bother? And if basically given up and now let's just fight out the culture war and we'll fight out these things, you know, we'll go at you. We'll talk about Colin Kaepernick every day because that that stuff's Mm. never going away. We can't do anything Mm -hmm. about it. Screw it. So now there's no opposition to the spending. I mean, there's one bill passed by essentially the Tea Party, which was the sequester. And if you remember that whole debate, it was a one real one real restriction on spending that was able to be passed. It was overridden 
every single time by Republicans, largely, that said, ah, we can go past these caps. We can go past these caps. And this last one is even worse. Now the debt limit is gone for two more years. They don't, have to, they don't even have to think about it. And both sides are happy about it. Because they both believe it's... Well, the president believes it's just been taken off the table, so they can't use that against him. They, yeah. They can uh, never say, government shutdown, government shutdown. Yep. And that's just off the table until the know. election. And now, and that's what the Republicans in Washington believe from, at all levels. Uh-huh. Is like, look, you guys said you cared about this. I don't think you do. So we're just going to do what we need to do and spend as we need to spend. Why should we take the arrows for this? If you guys don't care about it. And, you know, that's not leadership by any means, but it is seemingly the reality Mm -hmm. in 2019. So the fallout from the debate is still going on. And we are seeing a bunch of these candidates now have to answer for things that they either said or that are in their history. And a lot of this happens when it's like good news if you are able to make a splash in the debate, but then they're going to start asking you questions. So let's go through some of these. This is all from sort of reaction interviews after the debates. Okay. Here is uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Now she made a big splash. I thought she was, she was the best one in that uh, second debate. I thought she did very well. She had a, a really good back and forth with Kamala Harris. Kind of, a lot of people kind of thought she won it. Yeah. I thought she did. Yeah. Uh, and she, she did really well in the first one too. She she's she's, very, she's solid. She's yeah. a she's a decent. She's really well spoken. She seems to be pretty smart. Mm-hmm. She's got a really interesting background, fascinating background. And and the fact that she did two tours in the Middle East is amazing. Mm-hmm. And and that now you wouldn't expect her to be really anti-war, and she she is. Yeah, very much so. So uh, and she sort of she has an interesting brand of her type of anti-war. It's uh-huh. like. A, there's a certain, uh, I think I said this, there's like a, uh, you know, it's like if, if Bernie Sanders and like someone from the alt-right had a baby. It would be it's her. Like, it's like her, it's like really, it's a strange grouping of views. But the, the part of that is why she kind of seems like the most sane sometimes, because she has some views that are sort of conservative libertarian-ish. Mm-hmm. Most of them are not. Strangely, some people are now, and I, I'm sure it's just opponents in the Demo- Democrat Party believing that she's being controlled by Russians. Have you seen that line well, of thinking? She, yeah, because she aligns that the the foreign policy stuff aligns well with like the Russia Today take on the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, you know. One of the big ones is Bashar al-Assad. She's been by and she far is really kind of friendly to him. Yeah, like the mo- the biggest defender of Assad uh, that you could find, which is very weird. Probably in all of Congress, I, it, it's a strange. Again, it's a strange set of views. I'd like to hear... I, I don't know that I ever have heard her explain why she's pro-Assad. There's not a lot of people, well, let, let like her, you said, let, who are... Let her give it a whirl here, okay, Pat. Here's Gabbard right. on meeting okay. Bashar al-Assad. Oh. When sitting down with someone like Bashar al-Assad uh, in Syria, do you confront him directly and say, why do you order chemical attacks on your own people? Why do you cause the killings of over half a million people in your country? Look, you know, I, I want to break this down to what we're talking about. I want to break this down to what we're talking about here today, because you're talking about a meeting that took place 
what, three years ago? Well, Congressman, and every you're time I come pro- back, no, every well, time I come back here on MSNBC, policy, so, no, but I you guys talk in, to me about these issues. It sounds like these are in, talking points that Kamala Harris and her campaign are feeding you because she's refusing to address the questions that were posed to her. For the American people to have context about your foreign policy issues and where you stand, if you're leading with foreign I would policy love and to you're running for that the context. president of the United States, a meeting with Bashar al-Assad, which I'm sure you understand, is a very controversial meeting to take. Hence the reason why when you come on MSNBC, it is important for us to talk to you about that. And of course, every anchor has a different perspective and different questions to ask of you. Every so single time for three me, years, this is where the <laughs> propaganda comes in. Uh, I will say, kind of like that, though, because she's subjected to some of what Republicans face right. every single time. Yeah, I will say it's and, and this is a great example of it because it happens to Republicans all the time. You can't say, look, it's important we ask these questions. We have to have context to your trip and then demand mm-hmm. a yes or no answer. You yeah. can't get context out of a yes or no answer. Right. That's not possible. That's right. Right. But she did not explain herself there. She, she did not. I would have liked it if she did. She does. Uh, you know, she's talked about this in that uh, she did it eventually. Ad, you know, she will ad- acknowledge that this guy is a really bad guy. Um, she will acknowledge that. She, she said that, he. you know, he he is a she's very much against war there. But she says, you know, he is he did you know, hurt his and kill his own people with chemical weapons and, and, and all the, all the rest. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, uh, a little bit of a temptation with her in that, you know, we forget that people like Diane Feinstein was ma- meeting with Assad. Uh, Assad mm-hmm. was not someone that the Democrats didn't meet with routinely and not only Democrats, but largely Democrats. Yeah. Uh, a short they, time ago, he was not yeah. the boogeyman of the Middle East. Once they got into that war, most people bailed on the thing though. Yeah. And she, she seems to be the one who stuck around it the most. Which is kind of strange. Yes. But the, the two things to take out of that, I think. Number one, people are starting to recognize that Gabbard is at least a force on the on the lower end of this election. Mm-hmm. Someone who has the the possibility of getting into the next debates. Someone who can make some noise. Well, and she's also, only 38. She's kind yeah. of setting herself up for later. For, for later, a later run. Because she could run how many t- Six times? Five or six times? <laughs> And I assume they all will, right? Yeah. All um, but she could also be a, a possibility for a Secretary of State or Secretary of Defense or something in that in that realm. Also, mm-hmm. VP is a big consideration, and that is also tipped. Uh, the hand is tipped there as she once again goes after Kamala Harris. Like she has made her job right now is going after Harris to protect Biden. Will that lock down the Vice President uh, nomination? Will he be her? His selection. It's a really Will interesting she be fit. his selection? I mean, look, she's a, a, a woman of color, which is the way you're supposed to say that now. Yeah, you can't say colored woman. No, of course, that would be hateful. <laughs> For but some woman reason, of color, is, woman of color yeah. is so much better. I don't understand it. Good observation. <laughs> That's an interesting one. Yeah. Because like the worst thing you can say is just reversing the words. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because uh, it adds an ED at the end of color. And then it becomes colored. And you can't be colored. But you can be a person of color. That's yes, the way you're supposed you to say it. Person of color. What? So, what? Per, what? Uh, what ethnic? Uh, is she? Is she Polynesian? Whole, uh, yeah, part Polynesian. Yeah, and she's from Hawaii. Okay. Yeah, uh, and you know, like, so let's put it this way: there's a, a scale on the on the Democratic mm-hmm. Party of intersectionality. You get points for each each level. So mm-hmm. she's getting a point for the woman thing. She's getting a point for the not white thing. So she's got a couple things going for when her. When you look there. at her, do you think of her as not white? Because I certainly don't. I don't. I don't know. Oh, really? I don't know that most people think of her as as a minority she's usually talked about in those uh, in those gr- in those groupings 
Um, huh. But yeah, I think she has that, uh, you know, Polynesian yeah. background of some level. But, I, you know, what is it? I don't care. Okay. Yeah, who cares? Like, I, people yeah, on the that's r- the thing. I don't care. We don't, we don't yeah. classify people that way all the time. Well, that yeah. person is a person of blackness. Wait, this, no, a black person. This has happened to us legitimately a dozen times since we've been doing this show. Mm-hmm. And that we'll come out and we'll be critical of someone. And they'll come out and they'll say, oh, you're just criticizing them because they're whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Jewish, Catholic uh mm-hmm. mixed race and I, and we'll be like wait a minute i thought i thought that i thought it was just a white dude mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. I, I, I you know yeah it's so funny like people are so obsessed with these groupings and racial identities and and i mean i just i don't you, well, know, you just and don't i think about it and glenn go by that ancient thought process mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh I, what was his name? Uh, Doctor uh, D- Demento. Martin. No, no, it wasn't Doctor Demento. It no, was, it wasn't Doctor Demento. Uh, oh, gosh. although what uh, a show that was. Um, Doctor mm-hmm. uh, launched the career of Weird Al Yankovic. People don't remember that. <laughs> Pretty amazing. So when Martin Luther King said, "Judge men by the content of their character rather than color of skin," I think we kind of took that to heart, and we've been trying to do it. Yeah. And, it's not even a thing for, for me before all of this stuff where everybody demands that we notice the color of skin now. Yeah, I think... It, they demand... The left insists that you notice the color of skin. Right. Like Because, you know, I think conservatives, especially modern-day conservatives, took Martin Luther King literally. He yeah. said, yeah, that, that's the goal. That's the right. The goal that's is... Good. That's great. You don't care anymore about color of skin. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. For socialists, it's a midpoint to the goal. And the goal is that all that reverse. The old days are just reversed, um, where now it's all about identity. As long, I mean, you listen to the people who talk, especially people who are like election analysts talking about polls, and you just hear them say things like, "You know, it's really great because you know she's a, she's a black woman, and that, and then she'll get black voters." And you're just like, "Whoa, mm. I don't talk to an individual African American person. Are they voting for a black person because they're black?" I hope not. Is a woman really voting for a woman, a female candidate because they're a woman? No, you vote for them because they're the best candidate and you're supposed to not care about all these little subgroups when you make your decisions. That was the goal. Yeah. And I feel like conservatives largely are there. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I, we looked at how many candidates. I mean, this last field was, as, as they would say for Republicans, a diverse field. Right. I mean, you had everything. You had yeah. Hispanics, uh, uh, an Indian American. You had uh, women. women. You had I mean, you had, you know, all the colors of the freaking rainbow. But there was never a moment in which any of that entered my analysis of that election. Like there's never there's never more like, who do I want to vote for? Oh, well, I don't know. What kind of what, what, what genitals does she have? Is she, do we know? Because I, I only make my decision based on genitals. That's an important part of my election analysis. That's just mm-hmm. weird, man. It is weird. The, this, the pigment in your skin, what does that have to do with any of this? It's a, Who has the best policies? Who would be the best leader? Who actually cares about the Constitution? And on the left, it's mm-hmm. not like that. It, it is really like, we can't have a white man again. Is is like half of their voting population who are taking one gender mm-hmm. and one color and eliminating them. How is that not racism? That is what yeah. ra- that was the problem with yeah. racism. It was the problem Martin Luther King was trying to solve. Say, hey, stop looking at the color of our skin and eliminating us. And the response <laughs> to that now is we got to eliminate those white people. We can't have white people doing it. That's bad. Yeah. So, you know, it was, you know, I, I, it's fascinating that it's come that far because it's gone from 
The goal at the time, race was way too big an issue. The goal was to not make it an issue. Now it's not that much of an issue, and the goal is to make it into a big issue. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I, yeah. how do you even follow this crap? So uh, Gabbard, I think, uh, would be an interesting choice for B- VP, but her history is, is strange enough that I don't know. Yeah, if I'm not it would sure work. she'd be. Yeah. And uh, how does she help Biden in any way? She really doesn't because, okay, you've gained Hawaii. Yeah, you're going to win Hawaii. You're going to anyway. get that anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's the, you know, someone who works this hard on behalf of Biden during these debates though is going to get might be rewarded, rewarded if she if he wins. Yeah. You would think that she, you know, she that's may very well not even want VP. She may want Secretary of Defense. That's an important issue to Tulsi Gabbard. I mean, yeah. that, that is the, that is yeah. what she cares about. And she does actually care. She's not she's not one of these candidates that's coming out with basically just trying to get catchphrases and viral videos. She actually cares about that. And you mm. know, good for her. It's why I think people look at her and, and see some authenticity that they don't see in people like Cory Booker. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Another ridiculous zero tolerance policy sort of thing just happened in Michigan. Michigan elementary school student was charged with aggravated assault for hitting a classmate in the head with a with a ball, a rubber ball, during a game of dodgeball on the school <laughs> playground. Aggravated assault for playing dodgeball and hitting somebody in the head? What, isn't the, the function of dodgeball you're supposed, <laughs> you're supposed to hit to dodge, balls? But, but yeah, but you're supposed to dodge the ball, and so maybe you don't get hit anywhere, but um, the kid was obviously uh, trying to kill him. <laughs> really? Yeah, try, try to kill him. Uh, 10-year-old Bryce Lindley, who was in fifth grade, learned he was being charged last week for the incident. Uh, at the time, he was suspended from school for one day. His so, mom was a little upset. I couldn't believe it. This is a kid playing on the playground with his friends. I mean, was it one of those things where like, the kid wasn't looking and it came up and threw the ball as hard as they could from two feet away? That's, that, you, could, you could argue a suspension for something like that. Yeah, right? but I not mean, charges. But not charges. I mean, this is just... It's completely absurd. <laughs> tonight, but this is kind of where we are right now. Things are so stupid and chaotic. I'm surprised dodgeball is allowed anywhere at this point. I know. It's, it has been banned in many, many places. Yeah. Because it's just a vicious, brutal, awful sport. It's so fun, though. I used to I love, love it. it. I oh, loved it. I loved it. How uh, did we live? How did we live through our childhoods when we all played dodgeball, went outside, rode bikes without helmets? Uh, well, we were, as far as I know, we were the only two that did survive it. Everyone else. Everybody from, else from is dead? Bo- yeah. Dead. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, so that's yeah. the pile of bodies I saw on my way to work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They probably you've still seen haven't buried the them from their childhood. Right. Ah, it, we need to take care of that. Yeah. Because I mean, I, you'd walk, <laughs> we'd walk home from school. You'd ride your bike home from right. school, like miles. And your parents never worried you were going to get kidnapped by anybody. Yeah. I know. It's, I go back and forth on this. I'm so hypocritical on this Oh, one. me too. So hypocritical. Because I was super protective with my kids. Totally. I, like, I, I listened to Lenore Skenazy, who, who started that organization, uh, Let Grow, which is about like free-range kids, the free-range oh, yeah. kids movement. Uh-huh. And she you know, works hard to def- make sure parents don't get arrested for letting their kids go to a <laughs> playground by themselves. I mean, it's like that ridiculous. And every time I talk to her, I think to myself, she's 100% right on all of these arguments. Like, yeah, she the, is. The, the, the crime, it's much less likely anything like this would happen. You know, sc- school shootings is a great example of this. And nobody knows this. 
But school shootings, I was much, much, much more likely to be shot in a school shooting when I was in high school than I than kids are today. It's not even close. It's like three times. I'm three times as likely to get shot and in the 1990s. Right. Nobody knows that. Nobody knows that. It doesn't feel that way, even to mm-hmm. me. I look at those numbers all the time, and it doesn't feel that way. Yep. So we've, at some level, you know, seen danger go down so much. But at the same time, like, I, you know, my kids, like, I can't even imagine letting my kid walk home three miles from school or ride his bike home three miles from school. It seems completely I did that all the nuts. time. And you're right. I wouldn't let my kids do that today. <laughs> How old are your kids? Uh, okay. <laughs> well, the youngest is 19. I still wouldn't let her do it. <laughs> true i mean it really is weird and i know i know in my brain i know logically it doesn't make any sense yeah but there's just that part of you that's like uh well the second i turn my head they're Mm -hmm. gonna get abducted that's what's gonna happen (laughs) the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment this is the glenbeck program with pat and Stu. uh you can check out my show pat gray unleashed a weekday mornings it's from uh, 7 to 9 Eastern, 6 to 8 Central. I love that show. On the Blaze Radio and TV Network. I just, or you can just check it out on a podcast wherever those are available. Yeah. BlazeTV.com. Uh, promo code is Glen 20 You can save 20 bucks right now. See the Elon Omar Oh, special. I can still save 20 bucks. You can. Yeah, they extended nice. it. So uh, pretty cool. You can do that. Okay. Uh, and I, I will say there's a lot of great election uh, debate analysis this week mm-hmm. uh, that you can go check out. It, it's it's secondary in my mind because there was the return of something called the National Football League last night, which is really I can't believe all I care about. Time. I love it. I, was I a, love it. I mean, it's a meaningless preseason game. It's the 12th string players, but I just loved seeing it on my television. You know, I was channel surfing the other day and came across the uh, Longhorn Network, you know, the Texas oh, yeah. mm-hmm. U- UT's uh, television network. And just to kill time, because, you know, you got to fill 24-7 worth of broadcasting right. on a, a channel that just really covers One team. Texas football. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. But they're doing a football game from 1976. It was Texas-Arkansas, and Keith Jackson was the play-by-play guy. Oh, yeah. And, you know... None of it is relevant to today. I had no interest in either team. Just the sound of the voice and the fact that it was football. I oh. must have watched it for an hour and a half. <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing. So, it's so bizarre. Yeah, it, it really it is. is. But I'm very, I mean, I, I I like watching baseball. I like watching basketball. But there's nothing like the, for me, like football, yeah. you're not like football. And for me, the National Football League, I know you are a, a more, more of a college, college guy. But still, mm-hmm. it's just the return of it. It just feels good. It feels right. No, especially when you ha- your options are Does. watching Bernie Sanders oh. or watching Oof. Kamala Harris or Joe Biden. That's not fun. No, it is not. They are trying to, to, to figure out, they're trying to sort something out here on the left. And I remember how the Republican primaries of 2016 just ripped the conservative movement apart, right? Like there mm-hmm. were people who absolutely freaking loved Ted Cruz, absolutely freaking loved Donald Trump, absolutely loved Marco Rubio. People had some mixed feelings about Jeb Bush. <laughs> there was passing interest in John Kasich at times. <laughs> not well, mm-hmm. not, by him, he, yeah. his family, yeah, his mom, his his mom was very much uh, yeah. is a Kasich person. Not, well, not, she was sort of divided. But uh, yeah, yeah, she, she wound up. She did wind up voting for Trump, but she was, <laughs> she's thought about Kasich for a while. But there, I mean, there was a lot of passion there. When you go back and think about that field, you know, I mean, you had people who made 
you know, no impact in the race that were really good candidates. I mean, mm-hmm. Bobby Jindal is a guy Great who candidate. turned around a state. Yeah. Was it was an incredibly ex- executive. He's a Rhodes scholar. Yep. He, you know, introduces a very detailed, very good conservative healthcare alternative. Uh, mm-hmm. And basically was at 0% until he dropped out. I mean, like that was a, it was a big field, but what was funny about that, uh, and it wasn't funny at the time is how much everyone basically hated each other that consult considered themselves Republicans or conservatives. <laughs> like everyone, everyone had their guy and hated all the other guys. And now we're seeing that on the Democrats and it's a lot more fun. It's, it's, it's like everyone who's a Kamala person mm-hmm. hates all the Joe Biden people and all the people who are Biden people hate the Kamala people and Cory Booker hates Biden if there's and there's like three people who are Cory Booker people who are also not in love with Biden. Uh-huh. So Biden was asked on uh, on TV this week about is the party going too far left? Is it is it we're we getting a little out of control here with the movement towards, let's say, socialism. Here's what he had to say. Your party, your party has changed as well. Do you think it's moving too far to the left, even on immigration, where some of your fellow Democratic candidates say that they want to decriminalize those who cross the border illegally? Well, look, it's not about moving left or right. I think I represent the party. I think my views are where the vast majority of the Democratic Party are. There's a lot of really, really good people that got elected who are really pushing the envelope. And it's good. It's healthy to do that. But the idea that they represent what the party is today does not comport with who gets elected. Does not comport with how we won last in 18. It does not comport. And so, but it's a total, it's a totally legitimate debate to have. The one thing we have to focus on, and the one thing I agree with Corey on last night, let's focus on what it is we can do together. We are so different. Every one of those people on that stage has a fundamentally different view than Barack, than, excuse me, they talk about Barack, but they have a fundamentally different view than the present president of the United States is. And let's argue who has the best path forward to lead this country to greatness. I mean, I think he's right on that, right? I think other than it does not comport that he kept saying over and over again, he's probably right. Like he's probably is the a better representative of the average Democratic voter than someone like, you know, uh, Bernie Sanders. But the activists are the ones that vote, are voting in the primary. They have all the energy. AOC's on TV. They get all the attention. Today. Too. They get all the attention, which makes and, it really tough Biden, for somebody like him. Biden's no moderate, as we pointed out a million times. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you know, he, like the moderate position of only free college for two years is the Joe Biden position. That's not moderate. <laughs> that's like that's something that Obama didn't. Did he even suggest that? Did no, Barack Obama not that even? I, know I don't remember him suggesting it. No. I mean, I'm sure they would have. He would have loved it. But now the idea that if you don't go for four years of college for free and a free job and universal basic income and let you know people cross the border with no penalties and give them free health care. If you're not that person, you're psychotically right. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I don't I don't think that's the reality for the voters. And it's probably why Biden's winning right now. Triple eight seven two seven B.E.C.K. This is the Glenn Beck program. Health concerns are a sad part of life. I mean, it seems like there's always something that either hurts or bothers us health-wise, right? 
Well, if that's you, you really need to see what CBD products can do for your health. CBD may offer many of the health benefits of marijuana, but without the high. So it's 100% legal and requires no prescription from CBDistillery.com. The health testimonials are impressive, like this customer who wrote, I highly recommend CBD to everyone. It's done a complete turnaround for me. Another customer wrote, CBD made a big difference in my health. Look, if you haven't tried CBD for that health concern, You should, but where you get CBD products is crucial. With independent lab tests and nearly a quarter million customers, you can trust CBDistillery.com. See what CBD can do for your health. Go to CBDistillery.com and enter RELIEF for 20% off. Again, enter RELIEF for 20% off at CBDistillery.com. CBDistillery.com. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Uh NFL. <laughs> You're back. I'm back to the NFL. Well, I thought we were gonna go to this Kamala Harris <laughs> clip about oh, employee based insurance. You don't wanna No, no, we're not. I've got that right we're... here. Because <laughs> she's trying to defend All right. I'll wait. I'll wait for how long is this clip? This one is a little over a minute. Is she talking about the NFL? She may discuss that at some point in here. Let's listen. Here's Kamala Harris talking about whether she's going to eliminate employer-based insurance. One of the things that has been charged is that you will not be able to keep your private insurance if we get insurance through CNN, if GM workers get insurance through GM. Under your plan, they will not be able to keep that private insurance. Is that true? What the conversation was was about Mm -hmm. whether you can keep your private insurance through your employer. Mm. My plan will separate your health care from your employer, meaning your employer will no longer dictate the kind of health care you receive. Under my plan of Medicare for All, private insurance companies will be able to provide coverage Mm. if they play by our rules. And therefore, uh, what that means in a very important way is that you, you like don't have to be wed to your employer mm. to keep the insurance mm. you like and that you need. I am decoupling mm. it. So there oh. will be private insurance. There will be private plans. This is interesting. But it will not be coupled with your employer so you can have choices mm. about where you work and where you live. And I understand I the portability argument. And yeah. that, that I already is have that choice. It is very important. Here. But, but what again? you have to convince voters of <laughs> mm-hmm. is that, yes, they may be able to keep a private insurance, but it's not their private insurance, correct? No, they get to make the choice. No, because, because you're basically allowing for a Medicare Advantage plan where insurers can enter that plan and they can choose it if they want to. But if you're getting insurance from GM, uh, from your employer, you will not be able to keep that, correct? Right. You're, you will have 10 years to transition. She's trying so the, hard to... The insurer who has partnered with GM is going to then have the opportunity to compete in my Medicare for All plan. And so you as the consumer can choose under my Medicare for All plan to have a public plan, a government-sponsored hmm. plan, or a private plan. She didn't say a single thing about the NFL, Stu. I, I feel really de- deceived here. No, she didn't talk about the NFL at really? all. Really? No. Maybe we okay. cut the clip off too early. I think she went into the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver situation right oh, after this. Really? Yeah, yeah, right oh, after this. Is okay. Tyreek Hill hurt? We don't know. <laughs> um, so, because this is a shade different than a Bernie plan, right? Where she's saying, first of all, it's going to take uh, yeah. 10 years to transition. Second of all, what she's saying is, 
in theory, you could get a private insurance plan if you want, right? But you mm-hmm. will cannot get it through your employer. Now, the, the idea of separating employer from insurance is not a liberal idea. That is a, it's an idea that I would say most economists on the left and the right think it would be good. Plus, can I just point out, you can, you can choose your insurance today because you don't have to take a job where a, an right. insurance plan you don't like mm-hmm. uh, is offered. You don't have to take that job. And you can refuse it. You can refuse it's, it. It's just it's so much a better deal, right? Like you're going to, because your employer is paying for part of it and and they get a group discount rate. So yeah. everyone takes it. Like I, because I, I am very friendly to the idea of having insurance separate from my employer. However, the empl- the insurance here is good. So I take it, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's what everybody does. I think in a perfect world, this would be a good thing. Like the idea that you're tied to your employer with your insurance is actually not a, a, a thing that Kamala Harris is making up. Like, conservative economists have been arguing for this forever. They're just saying, go mm-hmm. to a, a, a free market system on the other side of that. Yes. She's saying you're going to allow have, competition yeah. state to state. Yeah. And that's a big part of, care it too. of a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And she's saying, OK, well, we're going to give everybody a government plan. And then I guess if someone wants to come in and try to compete as a private plan, they will. Her argument in her belief is. What they will do is subsidize these plans so much no one will pick the private insurance and eventually private insurance goes away anyway. Like mm-hmm. she's trying to do it a little bit through the back door where where Bernie's just saying it. He's just coming out and saying we're getting rid of it. It's going to be illegal for you to have private insurance. So there is a little bit of a shade, I suppose, of difference there. But you just see these people try to struggle to get through and, and, and say exactly what's happening with their own plans. She can't admit that healthcare is going away. If you have it through GM, if you have it through CNN, you're not going to have it there anymore. It's over. And that is a uh, something mm-hmm. that polls in the mid-20s nationwide. Mid-20s. And they don't want to admit it because they know how unpopular it is, but that is what their plans will do. Bernie Sanders was on um, as well, and he's basically running a president-vice president thing with, with Warren. They're just trying to figure out which one's which one's first. I don't think either one mm. would, would name the other as their candidate, but they're running essentially an alliance right now, like an old school survivor alliance. Mm-hmm. And they're working basically together to fend off all these attacks. And all their policies sound almost exactly identical. So CBS was asked, or asked uh, Bernie, can you explain what is the freaking difference between you and Elizabeth? Listen. At some point, you and Elizabeth Warren, as most uh, pundits seem to indicate, will make that that next debate. How will you differentiate yourself from her? You, you're two progressives. Well, I'll tell you, I'll let you guys and the punditry and, and the American people make that decision. What? All I can say, all <laughs> I minute, can what, say. What's one, what is the single principle, what is the biggest difference between no. you and Senator Sanders? It's not up to us. No. You've you got to draw the ask, distinction, Senator. No. No, I have no. I have to tell the American people what I believe, and I'm going to take on the greed of Wall Street, the drug companies, the insurance companies. We are going to tell the fossil fuel industry oh, that deal. they cannot continue to destroy this planet for their short-term profits. Uh, uh, I'm fascinated by this. I, I I am fascinated by this. First of all, of course, he's got to draw distinctions. I mean, if not, people are going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. You know, she's going to and, you know, she's going to wind up beating him in this because he's just, you know, he's just so curmudgeonly and awful. Terrible. But beyond that, what they just what he just described as his philosophy was to say, I think it was four different things were really bad. Those four things are basically the fundamental basis of our civilization. Mm-hmm. Uh, fossil mm-hmm. fuels. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. Medicine. Right. Mm-hmm. Healthcare. It was pharmaceuticals and, and, and health insurance. 
And the last one was Wall Street. And you might say, well, Wall Street's not the fundamental basis. Well, it is. It's the foundation of capitalism. You know, the, the first yeah. stock was in the, you know, ever sold was in the 1600s back in the Netherlands. And that was the foundation of how capital gets moved around and, and, for, and, and it eventually creates the foundation of capitalism. I mean, so Wall Street, while you can criticize things at all four of those groups, they are the fundamental basis of our civilization if you eliminate you know, things like faith, which obviously are important to some, but not all. But I mean, if, when it comes down to just human things, these are the greatest things that have ever happened to us. And, and all, their whole platform is just opposing them. Yes, they just demonize them. That's all, that's all Sanders does. That's all Warren does. That's all Harris does. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They just demonize the pillars of capitalism. Health concerns are a sad part of life. I mean, it seems like there's always something that either hurts or bothers us health-wise, right? Well, if that's you, you really need to see what CBD products can do for your health. CBD may offer many of the health benefits of marijuana, but without the high. So it's 100% legal and requires no prescription from CBDistillery.com. The health testimonials are impressive. Like this customer who wrote, I highly recommend CBD to everyone. It's done a complete turnaround for me. Another customer wrote, CBD made a big difference in my health. Look, if you haven't tried CBD for that health concern, You should, but where you get CBD products is crucial. With independent lab tests and nearly a quarter million customers, you can trust CBDistillery.com. See what CBD can do for your health. Go to CBDistillery.com and enter RELIEF for 20% off. Again, enter RELIEF for 20% off at CBDistillery.com. CBDistillery.com. And Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program this week. Uh, he's on vacation. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Didn't he just take a vacation? Yeah, he takes a lot of them. Yeah, uh, no, and he, now he's he, yeah he's out this week and next week. By the way, r- right? This is his big summer break. He's actually next week. He's not really on vacation. He's going to Australia. Oh, to, that's pretty big. Yeah, that's the sex life thing, right? Yeah, he's he's uh, going on a tour of some local establishments. Mm. See if he can find something. No, I'm just saying uh, he uh, is actually they rescued some in uh, in Iraq. The one of the girls who they rescued was thought to be dead, apparently, and the parents thought they, that she was dead, and oh, wow. they found her, and they're going to bring her home to their new home, Australia, which is again created oh, by great. the donations of this audience i don't mean australia was but i mean the 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 area where these uh refugees are living you know all this comes from um you know large and generous donations of this audience of the nazarene fund and you know thousands Mm -hmm. of people have been rescued from really terrible circumstances so he's going to be down there and i know checking all that stuff out and doing i mean he you know this is something glenn cares deeply about obviously if you listen to the show you know that so uh he's gonna be doing that next week uh, we'll be on next week here as well, uh, and uh, I'll be hosting TV, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun week. We'll have we'll have fun. We'll make it, the best thing is you just get to make fun of a lot of people, and that's what we usually do. <laughs> 
Are you, have you, uh, you, surely you've listened to the, uh, the tape of Ronald Reagan talking to Richard Nixon back in, what was this, 1968? 70, 71. Yeah, something like that. Um, this is where he calls, he, he calls people from an African nation, he refers to them as monkeys, right? Without any shoes on or whatever. And it's, he's disparaging the UN and he's saying we don't want to be subject to subjected to all these people. Yeah, and so now throw him out of the country. Final of confirmation that Reagan was the racist we all knew he was is and essentially how this is being promoted. You you just don't want to believe it's true. I know when I listened to it, I thought, okay, they've you know interpolated this in some way that isn't what he said. Mm. But no, he did actually say it, and it's it's a tough comment. I mean, that's it's you can't defend it. No, but it's the only one to. I know of has. Is there any evidence other than that? That Yeah, Paul Kengor, who's a Reagan biographer, wrote about this and said, you know, look, this is not a good statement. It's, it, it is literally the only one he's ever found that was anything like it. And he didn't. Hmm. He, has, he's, he talks about how he has giant boxes filled with documents and statements that, titled Reagan on race. And, oh, wow. And there is hmm. literally nothing. nothing. So, I mean, you, so if you want to... Deep, you know, if you want to dive into it a little bit, first of all, if it, you can't judge someone by one word Comment. that they've made in 1971, right? Um, it's not right. a, is even if it's bad, you know, you, you try to look at the breadth of a person and for, to realize you know, what was their life really like. You know, he was very good on these issues in in, in a million other uh, opportunities, so it's hard mm-hmm. to understand. Um, the other thing you look at is, you know he was talking to someone who was kind of a racist, right? Richard Nixon, if you look through those tapes, mm-hmm. he's making anti-Semitic comments and race, racially insensitive comments throughout, you know, yeah. is it one of those things where he's, you know, you're in a room where people are making foul jokes and you make a foul joke. Is it that type of thing? Do they taint? And because of you talk about one comment as compared to the comments of LBJ. Yes. That were practically endless up to 1964. And they ignore all oh, of yeah. that. I mean, he's he's an absolute virulent racist. Yeah. And Margaret Sanger. They ignore oh my gosh. all of her racism. Horrific. And so they'll all. They'll, and by the way, I, I we just don't say enough how bad of a president LBJ was and that oh, he may very well be our one worst, of the worst president. Yeah, one I of mean, the he, worst. Uh, again, when you look at that debt number and you realize all of it, uh, or at least two-thirds of it, comes from him, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, you remember that because he not only was he terrible as a president, but also an awful human being in a million different ways. <laughs> like, this is not a good dude, and he gets a complete pass. Reagan has one comment, bad. And they'll beat him with it forever. Yep. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program this week and uh, and next week as well. Um, because Glenn's not here, there's extra room in the in the parking lot, um, a lot of space for people to park in places they don't usually. Because when Glenn's not here, about three quarters of the building doesn't show up mm-hmm. to work. It's about right. <laughs> it's an interesting phenomenon. It is an interesting phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, but there was right next to my car uh, the other day was parked uh, one of those, um, what are they called? Smart cars. Oh, jeez. Those teeny little things that look like a Yugo vomited, and mm-hmm. that's what came out. What a useless little crap can that is. Oh. Why would you ever, ever buy one of those? I guess you have to be wholeheartedly into global warming, right? You've got to think. Yeah, but it doesn't even help that problem, and it doesn't help. It doesn't yeah, save it's you money gas either, powered, isn't it? It's gas powered, and also it uh, you know it does get good gas mileage, but you I think 
if I remember right, you mm-hmm. have to use premium gasoline. So oh, you're really yeah, like for this little <laughs> go kart. What? You got to use premium. It's, it's a glorified skateboard, right. really. So you can save uh, gas, but you're paying more for the gas you need to use. It's a skateboard with a dome on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, you know, the most annoying thing about those cars is you can't tell when they're in parking spots when you're pulling up. That's so you true. think you have a spot. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, ah! Oh, I've, oh. Every time I see one, I'm so tempted to just gun it. It's the other half of a gremlin. Remember the old gremlin would look like mm. it was cut in half? Yeah. The other half is a smart car. <laughs> we just found true. it. <laughs> I just, it's so frustrating when you turn that corner and you're about to pull in. You're like, I got a great sp- uh-huh. smart car. Yes. There are so many uh, irritating things about that car. Who who makes that? Any idea? I, Terrible is vehicle. Mer- is it uh, under, com- like, a, uh, uh, is it something related to, like, Mercedes or something, isn't it? Mercedes? Like rela- I don't think it is a Mercedes, but it is, like, I think owned maybe by... Mercedes? Wow. I, I'd have to I, remember. I don't know. We should Google that. That's but. that, But that is a, is a great sign. Did that of, spring from the Obama administration? No. Or I was mean, that it, before? Remember, it was funny going back and you look at those days late in the 2007, 2008, you know, as we're getting into that election, one of the big issues was gas prices. Yeah. So gas prices were a huge thing and people were looking for ways not to save the planet, but to save money on gas. And that was kind of the criticism of the smart car at the time. You You... First of all, you have to be folded up like a, a you know, like your piece of paper mm-hmm. to fit into it. Mm-hmm. And then you're not even getting the benefits really of saving money because you're paying, you know, 40 cents more than regular because you have to put premium in the freaking car so it can go 18 miles an hour. Do you really have to put premium in it? Why would, uh, 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 I wonder why that would be the case. <laughs> I don't know if people actually do it. I mean, you know, my car says it's well, supposed to have premium in it, but yeah, like I too. want it to go fast. Yes. Right, like so, I'm I'm yeah. a sucker for the marketing. I, whether it's true or not, I put I put premium in there. Uh, for if you're a smart car, though, that's the last thing you're thinking of, right? You're buying a smart car. You're not like, oh, I, I got to get this thing to go zero to sixty in eighteen seconds instead of nineteen. It gets forty miles per gallon, which is it's good, okay. but it's that's good, not but not exceptional. Great. No, it's not even close to like a hi, you know a, a, a <laughs> hybrid or a plug-in on. hybrid or anything like that. It's just like I want less space. Is your argument for it? <laughs> I guess like if you were in a city where there's a lot of parallel parking. Maybe you're making uh-huh. deliveries in a city. Like, you can see a use for it in some capacity, but... But I mean, if I you get... ran into a squirrel, you'd be dead. Oh, yeah. You're dead. That, you that, die that right would total your A squirrel would total that car. A squirrel's child gets you... <laughs> you're flipping the car, for sure. Maybe you live, but you're flipping it. Yeah. And I don't even know that you live through that. You'd be in critical condition. There's no question There's about no that. question about that. No doubt. Uh, <laughs> it really is. Bizarre. And then it goes back to, the, you know, Barack Obama famously said we were going to have like millions and millions of electric cars on the road by, I, can't, I want to say it was 2016 or 2018. And he missed right. this goal by so much. It was hilarious. By like infinity? Yeah, it was basically he, like infinity. He missed the goal by infinity. Like they had car, cars that are like, we think there'll be 65,000 Fiskers <laughs> on the road by 2020. <laughs> and like Fisker went out of business like a week later. <laughs> I remember that. That was so great. <laughs> there was a bunch of those like startup electric car brands <laughs> that just all died at the same time. Yeah. And it was basically the cylindrical approach to economics where you give a bunch of money and, and tax right. incentives to companies that go out of business a week later it's it's not yes. normally a good idea to do barack tried it though that did not affect him with democrats though and that's one of the interesting things about this week with these debates is the democrats are becoming critical of biden and it, and they have to say bad things about obama but mm-hmm. is that a good idea in a democratic primary let me give you some of these uh, stats on polling democrats 
uh, approval rating of Barack Obama currently is at 95 to 4. Wow. 95 to 4% unfavorable. Wow. Are you playing to the AOC side too much? When you're you're trying to play up to AOC and the squad. Meanwhile, while, she's got about 20% approval. Right. I don't know what it is among Democrats, but it's 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 oh. higher than 20 probably. Among um uh, black voters, these are democrat or democrat leaning black voters. Barack Obama has some issues there. Um uh-huh. he's only 99% approved. Now, on the other side of that, of course, is a, a oh. big portion of our society which is 0% unfavorable. So it's 99 to 0, but 1% has not made their mind up yet. So there's literally no one shows up as disapproving of Barack Obama. And this is why I think one of the reasons Biden does so well in South Carolina right now, because you know it's the first state with a large minority population voting in the primary. Uh, and these other candidates who are coming out bashing Joe Biden and Barack Obama, it's not going to work well for them. The other part of this, which is interesting, is I think, once again, the Democrats have lost sight as to how important and how liberal the average Democratic voter is. Um, Among total voters in the states that are uh, made up, and Harry Enten has a great breakdown of this, uh, between Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, here's the states that are going to turn the election most likely. Barack Obama, among all voters, including Republicans, uh, has a 57% favorability. So he's 57-43 in those states. Mm. He's, a, he's a popular president, uh, at least in his, uh, in his uh, exit. Um, would you rather, again, this is Democrats, would you rather have building on top of Ob- Ob- Obamacare, or would you rather replace it for Medicare for all? 55% say Obamacare, 39% Ameri- uh, Medicare for all. So a 16-point lead for the more conservative, quote-unquote, of those two policies. Neither one is conservative should point that out too those are if you know those lessons if you're in this world why wouldn't Mm. you feel comfortable saying you're a moderate yet joe biden is out there running away from that moniker yeah right we have Mm -hmm. a clip from his uh uh, press conference yesterday this is audio uh, we just got in um from yesterday biden talking about was was obamacare a conservative policy was it a moderate policy (laughs) was it uh, i don't know maybe a socialist policy listen but here's the deal there's nothing moderate about what Barack did in Obamacare. Wait, nothing. What? what? No mm. president had come close. Mm. And they mm-hmm. tried and they tried and they tried. Seven presidents. This guy did an incredible thing. In addition to that, he covered a hundred million people who had pre-existing conditions. Mm. He allowed kids to stay in their parents' policies until they're 26 years old. He Why covered 20 there? million more people. We tried to get the Medicare option yeah. added to it. We couldn't get it done. I will get it done this time because the people have realized what it's about. They figured it out. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> now, remember, this was sold to us, the American people, as a moderate common approach. Sense reform. Common sense That's approach. It, it was originated with the Heritage Foundation, mm-hmm. and it was basically Romney care. This yep. is, we're almost passing a Republican policy here. And we said all along, no, no. this is the first step to socialized medicine. Yeah. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. They're trying to bring about single-payer universal health care. Mm-hmm. No, that's a conspiracy theory. You're a conspiracy theorist. And we said this is a massive move to progress- towards prog- progressivism. There's nothing uh-huh. moderate about it. And now you hear Joe yeah, Biden saying the same exact thing. It's amazing. We played the clip over and over again with the guy from Tides Foundation where yeah. you know he, he lays this out in 
uncomfortable detail. Someone once said to me, this is a Trojan horse for a single payer. And I said, well, it's not a Trojan horse, right? Mm -hmm. It's just right there. Just right I'm there. telling you, <laughs> we're going to get there. We're going to get there. So in other words, between a capitalist system and single-payer universal health care, there had to be a transitional step, and that was Obamacare. Mm -hmm. And he was admitting it. He's saying, look, at yes, that's the goal. But it, the goal is just right out there. Everybody knows it. There's no reason to deny it. Yeah. And this if, was one of the architects of the plan. Yes. And if you listen closely enough to these debates, if you can take it, if you can handle how awful it is. I can't. But it's thank you. really difficult. But if you can take mm -hmm. it and you listen... To the quote-unquote moderates pushing back on single-payer health care. Why didn't you put a quote in the quotation marks? You quote-unquote, so you left it blank, so there is no quote there? The quote moderates, end quote, <laughs> that were in the debate. Yeah. If you listen to what they're saying, uh -huh. what they're saying is, I'm more moderate because I think we should try to do it slowly so people don't notice. It is not, you know what would be really bad for our society is socialized medicine. It is not the argument. The argument mm -hmm. is we got to be realistic about what we can get done right now. People need help right now. Let's get what we can get done right now. We can always expand it later. But get something done now instead of shooting for the moon and getting nothing. That is the, that is the argument mm -hmm. in the Democratic Party. It is not socialism versus capitalism. It is socialism versus slower socialism. Yeah, they're not even saying necessarily, even the Delaney's of the world and mm -hmm. the Hickenloopers aren't yep. necessarily even saying socialism is bad. Let's not go down that road. They're saying we'll lose to Trump if we if we admit we're exactly socialists. because they that's they, what they're they will say socialism is bad because it's a bad approach that's going to scare off voters. That's all they're not worried about because it's bad. Yeah, not because they don't like that system or wouldn't like to go to that. We got to go slower. It's, I mean, they're so radical now, so extreme in the yeah. Democrat Party. This goes back to the turn of the century. It was the argument between progressives and you know revolutionaries. Mm -hmm. Is it is it revolutionary or evolutionary? And you what know, was it Van Jones said? I, I've dropped the, the radical means for the radical the, ends. Right, right. And that is true. It's it's the it's only a question of speed. Even these people they say are moderates are saying we want to get to these social programs eventually. We yeah. want to get there, but we need to take step by step and be methodical. And I think there's a good argument for that because the American people have shown over and over again that once you pass one of these programs and you get it in there for a few years, they, it becomes part of them. You know, it becomes part of them. Yeah, and there's right. no getting rid of it. Well, Medicare is a great example of this. Mm -hmm. Social Security is a good example of it. Right now, uh, yeah. Obamacare is becoming a good example of it. People, are, the, the approval rates are up. You're seeing Republican governors now embrace uh, the Medicaid expansions mm -hmm. that initially that they uh, opposed and initially were and were ruled, by the way, unconstitutional the way they uh, tried to do it. That's a, a kind of a big deal. Kind of. And, you know... They know if we can take a baby step, we'll never turn back. It's like with the budget when they're like, oh, we're going to add $100 billion of spending. Well, that's not $100 billion of spending. When you add $100 billion of spending, the next year, the budget is calculated off of that new higher number. So you've created that $100 billion of spending for every year in the future. It's not just <laughs> one year of $100 billion. It's one year times infinity, $100 billion. It's nuts. It is. And, and you know, it, it continues to happen. And that's why this approach is effective. It's why progressivism has worked to really transform our country. And we're moving past it now. Now they're just admitting it. I don't know if that's going to work with voters, but it's terrifying because if it does, we are, we are an entirely different nation. Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program, 888-727-BECK. What's your favorite fast food restaurant, would you say? 
I'd probably go with Taco Bell. <laughs> I freaking love Taco oh, Bell. Oh, I love man. Taco Bell too. Oh, God, I love it. Now, I love it. You know, it is a, it has, so, it's just so freaking good. We had the fries. They have the new, what are they called? Just did that last week, right? The spicy fries d- disaster yeah. they gave. I, I just love it. I mean, Delicious. it's not one of those things you can eat in any sort of rational way. Whenever I mm-hmm. eat there, I just, I mean, I, I eat way too much and I just love it so much, but then I just feel terrible afterwards. Yeah. Or you can go to, I, like you can have McDonald's breakfast and eat something that's relatively okay. I can't do that at Taco Bell. I'm not, I can't, I can't, I can't pull it off. Food too tasty. Food too tasty. <laughs> Food too tasty. I have, um, they, by the mm-hmm. way, Burger King is going to have the Impossible Whopper in uh, stores by next Thursday, week. right? Thursday. By next Thursday. Yes. Yeah, so I, we did a taste test last time with the Impossible Burger. Glenn and I couldn't tell. We ha. couldn't tell the difference. Incredible. No, amazing. Between meat and the plant-based pretend meat. So maybe we'll try that again Crazy. next week. So. Yeah. Um, but in this survey of uh, customer loyalty, Chick-fil-A turned out to be America's favorite restaurant. And I would, exp- I mean, there's I, a lot there. Me, yeah. I and they have the, by far the best love customer it. service. Uh, they have really good by fries. By far the most delicious milkshakes. Really? Right? Would you say they have the best oh, milkshakes? I think they are. Yeah, mm. I love them. Might you don't love their today. milkshakes? Yeah, I you should try I, it. I, I, I never, I wouldn't say I distinguish them. Put it them. to the test. Yeah. Go try it out. They had a peach milkshake that I saw on their menu recently, and mm. I was like, that sounds delicious. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Uh, what else is on the list? In and Out held the holds the top spot in burger loyalty, uh, and they scored 73% for staff friendliness. Um, five guys won the category in food quality and speed. Um, five mean, guys in and out are pretty similar to me. I, I've only been to five guys, I think, once. The, the only thing that's good, the best thing about uh, five guys is they give you fries and they intentionally give you too many to fit in the container and they all fall in the bag. Yeah. Like that's like their policy. I like that's that. That's a good policy. Yeah, it is. Because you're like, oh, crap, I'm out of fries. No, oh, there's a hundred like more. 30 more. Yeah. Yeah. Healthy. Well, between 30 and 100. We, I, we didn't count specifically, so I'm not sure how many there were. Um, but they don't serve milkshakes, so I think it's a communist establishment, oh, okay. and I can't, I can't frequent it. <laughs> Let's see. In the Mexican food category, Chipotle beat out Moe's. Now, I've never been to Moe's Southwest Grill. Moe's is good. Are you uh, familiar? I, I'm not a huge Chipotle guy. Moe's is either. good, though. They have them uh, in the Northeast, for sure. And then Papa John's for Where's pizza. Where's Taco Bell? Uh, like... Not in the top five, even. Taco Bell is America, where. and I it, don't care what you right. say. I don't care. Oh, it's Mexican food. I know it's not. It's American food. We've taken it over. You're listening to Glenn 